Welcome to the Christ Academy podcast with Jeff Wong, where you'll receive inspiring ideas and stories as we explore the journey of faith in Christ. We're going to head into the Empty 12 talk. We're going to Acts 8 today. Many of you guys have been through this already. Well, not through the Empty 12 talk, but through the chapter going through that in life groups or if you're just tracking along with the empty 12 talks or the Bible backgrounds um, so today's Acts 8 and we're, we're just gonna dig in I've entitled this message the power of one and we're gonna look at a specific few verses a segment of this chapter and I hope you're getting a lot out of this and if you're not man dig in deeper and ask God to, to give you more revelation and you got to do your work as in, in utilizing it and applying it and being diligent with that. All right, so let's get right into it, the scripture. Acts 8, 29 to 40. Let's read this together. I encourage you to read out loud. Philip received another prompting from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, Go over to the chariot and climb on board. And so he started running until he was even with the chariot, Philip heard the Ethiopian reading aloud and recognized the words from the prophet Isaiah. Philip said, Do you understand the meaning of what you're reading? The Ethiopian said, How can I understand it unless I have a mentor? Next page. Then he invited Philip to sit on the chariot. Here's the message he was reading from the Hebrew scriptures. Like a sheep, he was led to to be slaughtered. Like a lamb about to be shorn, of its wool. He was completely silent. He was humiliated and he received no justice. Who can describe his peers? Who would treat him this way? For they snuffed out his life. Continuing along, the Ethiopian said in verse 34, here's my first question. Is this prophet describing his own situation or is he describing someone else's calamity? That began a conversation in which Philip used the passage to explain the good news of Jesus. Verse 36, Eventually the chariot passed a body of water beside the the road. The Ethiopian said, Since there is water here, is there anything that might prevent me from being ceremonially washed through baptism and identified as a disciple of Jesus? And in verse 37, Philip said, If you believe in your heart that Jesus... Uh, the anointed is God's son, then nothing can stop you. The the Ethiopian um, said that he believed. He commanded the charioteer to stop the horses. Then Philip and the Ethiopian official walked together into the water. There Philip baptized him, initiating him as a fellow disciple. Sorry, when when they came out of the water, Philip was immediately caught up by the Holy Spirit and taken from the sight of the Ethiopian, who climbed back into his chariot and continued on his journey, overflowing with joy. Philip found himself at a town called Azotus, formerly the Philistine capital city of Ashdod on the Mediterranean. And from there, he traveled north again, proclaiming the good news in town after town until he came to Caesarea. To give you some context, Philip 
just retracing our steps from the last chapter, Philip, along with Stephen, they were selected as the first deacons. Deacons comes from the Greek word diakonos, um, which is the idea of a minister, someone who goes and serves, like a servant serves people. They serve the needs of the widows, the, including the Hebrew-speaking widows and the, the Greek-speaking Hellenistic widows as well. And Philip was one of these guys, just a normal guy from amongst the community, but with with within a certain level of godliness and wisdom. And God told him to head out into the desert. And to head out into the desert, so if God told us one of the, to do such a thing, one of, we might be asking, like, well, why, 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 Lord? Why do you want to send me to the desert? Why do you want to send me to this city? Why do you want me to go here? Why do you want me to do this? Philip didn't know why the Lord wanted him to do that, but he, he obeyed. He went and he listened and he went. And there, there was an Ethiopian eunuch, someone who serves in the, in the court of, um, of royalty. And so like a, if you don't know what a eunuch is, a eunuch is a servant who's been castrated so that he can't mate. He can't uh, produce offspring, and um, which, was, which was something that was important to a lot of royalty. You didn't want to have affairs going on and, the raw, and, and children that were not yours and you didn't know. I'm not justifying it. I'm just describing what happened in, in those days and in the, all throughout history, actually. And, um, and so we have this Ethiopian eunuch who is returning from Jerusalem, worshiping at the temple. And then the Holy Spirit leads Philip to have an engagement with them. And so Philip sees the Ethiopian eunuch on a on his chariot on a road. Philip goes and he's he's booking it along. The chariot was probably going slow uh, because Philip was running and he's keeping up with the chariot. And he's just asking, "Hey, do you know what you're reading?" And then so the Ethiopian eunuch says, "Aha! Am I supposed to know what I'm reading unless I have someone to help me understand this?" And so Philip understands that the Holy Spirit brought him to this moment to help this Ethiopian understand what he was reading from the Old Testament scriptures from the book of Isaiah. And so what we read, the part that was a quote from the Old Testament scriptures, was actually from Isaiah. And just to review it, it said, Like a sheep, he was led to be slaughtered. And of course, us being, uh, being modern-day Christians, you know, fast-forward uh, roughly 2,000 years later, we know exactly what happened. We know that Jesus died, that he was like a sheep. He was led to be slaughtered. But the powerful, incredible thing about this is in the book of Isaiah, God was speaking through his prophet. A prophet is a mouthpiece, like someone who's a mouthpiece for God, speaking on behalf of God. And so he's listening to God. God's telling him to say this. And, and so he utters these words, and he, and he prophesies way into the future, that there would be someone who is like a sheep. He would be led to be slaughtered like a lamb about to be shorn of its wool. And he was completely silent. He was, he was willing to, 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 to submit to this process. It goes on and says he was humiliated. And we know that that's what happened to Jesus. He received no justice. It would have been just for him to be released because he committed no, no crime. But he received no justice. Who can describe his peers who would treat him this way? For they snuff out his they snuffed out his life. It describes this prophecy describes Jesus the Messiah that would come, that his life would be snuffed out. That's powerful. 
That's so powerful that so many years before that this was prophesied. And here Philip is helping the Ethiopian eunuch understand what this was, that there was a prophecy and that this came true in the person of Jesus. And so the Ethiopian eunuch who just returned from worshiping God in the temple on his way back to Ethiopia has this experience to understand through Philip that the Messiah his life was given up. And why was his life given up? It was given up for him. It was given up for you. It was given up for me. And so we have this powerful, powerful moment. So I want to share with you th- three thoughts related to the scripture. The first one is this. My message is called the power of one. How powerful is it that God used Philip? God used Philip. He directed him. And Philip was receptive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. He listened to the Holy Spirit of God, the gift that Jesus said he was going to give, the one that after Jesus said that he he would have to leave so that the Spirit would come. So he has the Holy Spirit. And when we have the Holy Spirit, it's this powerful thing in our lives that allows us us to be led by God within his will, within his plan, to do extraordinary things. And all we have to do is we have to listen to, And then we have to obey. We listen, and then we execute what God gives us. And so this is what happened with Philip. And it was just one person. Philip didn't know. He didn't know about this Ethiopian. He didn't know that Ethiopian was going to be in the desert, that he was going to intersect with his path and have an opportunity to to talk with him, to share with him the gospel of Christ, the good news of Jesus, the good news of the Messiah. He didn't know that. He didn't know that the Ethiopian eunuch would be reading the the Old Testament scripture from Isaiah, the prophecy, right at that moment, at that exact time. If the if Philip would have said, "Hey," if he would have thought to himself, "Hey, I'm, mm, I don't really feel like it. I think the I think I'm I think I'm just gonna go and and grab dinner. I think I'm gonna go and do this. I think I'm gonna go work on my career. I think I'm gonna I think I I want to go and see if I can I." I I can um, hang out with my friend at this particular time. He would have missed that moment. He would have missed that moment when the Ethiopian eunuch was reading that scripture, when the Ethiopian eunuch was on that road in the desert. He would have missed it completely. He would have missed it completely. And how often do we just miss it completely? How often do we miss it completely? Because we're so busy with other things. We're so busy with every aspect of our lives. All the day-to-day stuff. Shopping for groceries. Hanging out with our friends. Not that you shouldn't do these things. But while you're doing these things, we, you've got to be open to the Holy Spirit and how He's leading you because He might be leading you to go get groceries and in aisle 7, which you didn't even think of, while someone is picking up a box of cereal, maybe you're supposed to, to have an interaction with someone because God's going to give you some, something for that person right at that moment, right at that time. We've got to listen to the Holy Spirit as Philip listened to Him. And that's the power of one person, listening to God, obeying God, listening to the Spirit of God, obeying the Spirit of God. The power of one. That's what Philip Philip did. And the amazing thing is this, it relates to the power of one in someone else. Because Philip didn't just share the gospel. He passed on the gospel like passing a baton to the the next athlete. And so the power of one didn't just affect Philip. It didn't just happen in Philip's life. It happened in this Ethiopian. 
and it's powerful. It's crazy because this Ethiopian was a eunuch that served with the queen of Ethiopia. And so he brought the gospel of Christ all the way from... He, ex- he was worshiping in Jerusalem at the temple. He ex- in the desert, he experienced the, the, this interaction with Philip. And from there, he brought the gospel to Ethiopia, to, to, the, to the whole country. And so the power of one person, is it, we can see it here in the Ethiopian as well. The Ethiopian was able to bring the gospel to Ethiopia. And that was the beginnings of, of the Christian church there. That was the beginning of the Christian movement there, disciples of Jesus. After the Ethiopian started to understand the scriptures and who, and who Isaiah was writing about, he understood that this is Jesus. And then he said, what's preventing me from getting baptized? Why don't we just pull over right there at the pond or whatever it was? Let me get baptized. Philip said, there's nothing. If you believe in your heart, you receive Jesus, then there's nothing preventing you. Let's go. They didn't wait for a pastor. They didn't wait for an apostle. Philip was not an apostle. They just went. One believer discipling another believer. There may be people in your life that God wants to affect through the power of one, through the power of you, just like the Ethiopian. It could be that that person is is not someone that you normally would interact with. It could be someone from a totally different culture, a totally different race, a totally different nationality, a totally different socioeconomic place in our society. They may not have the same career with you as you. They may not be at the same life stage as you. But the important thing is that you listen to the Holy Spirit and you and you receive from the Holy Spirit what He wants you to do. And in that moment, the Ethiopian eunuch, God was working in the Ethiopian's life. God supernaturally ordained this divine appointment for him to meet Philip in the desert in the middle of nowhere. And he received it. He responded to God, and he had this eagerness within his, within his heart. How many of us are lacking that eagerness that we just leave there, we leave everything for tomorrow? God shows us something at Life Group. God shows us something on Sunday, and we don't value it, and we don't do anything with it. We come back the next week, and we didn't even do anything with it. But the Ethiopian, when he heard this, he wanted to get baptized right away. He was eager. We need that eagerness, people. We need that eagerness, the, that eagerness to live out the ways of Christ and experience everything that He has for us. The Ethiopian got baptized. Why did he get baptized? Baptism is a, in the in the translation we we read says it's a ceremonial washing. It represents when you go in the water that your your sins are washed. You are washed. Your sins are washed away from you. You are clean. But you raise up. It also symbolizes that you, when you go down, that the old you is dying. The new born again you rises from the dead with Christ and you have new life. And the Ethiopian was, it was initiated into the kingdom of God through his baptism. And for some of you guys, if you haven't been baptized, you need to get baptized. There should be an eagerness for you to do it. You don't hold it off. You don't wait to do it at this time or at this river or at this particular place or with this friend or this family member. Get baptized. It's it's meant to be the beginning of your relationship with Christ. Don't make it something else. It's the beginning of your relationship with Christ and it's supposed to happen at the beginning. If you missed it at your beginning, get it done soon. Have this eagerness that the Ethiopian had. And 
the thing that happened after that that's not written on the the page the words of the pages of this of, of this scripture is incredibly powerful it's because this ethiopian was the one the one single person that god used to bring the gospel first to ethiopia men all the way outside of that region all the way to ethiopia that's the power of one when someone has the gospel and they va- and they value it so much and they love people that they want to share share this news with people he left there being so full of joy man we need man we ought to have joy that we've been saved that our names are written in the lamb's book of life when we get to heaven guys those of you guys that are faithful and that are following jesus and have received him lord the the thing is when we get to heaven you're going to notice that there's a guest book there it's not quite a guest book it's like a divine guest book it's called the lamb's book of life and that lamb that was spoken of in isaiah is that same lamb who owns this book it's the lamb's book of life everyone who has eternal life whose relationship with god has been restored their name is actually written in that book have you ever gotten to have you ever gone back to somewhere where you stayed and you signed the guest book and you looked and to see where's your name written in there when we get to heaven we can look through the pages of that book and we'll be able to find where jeff wong's name is where your name is where your brother or sister's in christ's name is where your family member who's accepted christ where their name is your name is written in that book this ethiopian we don't know his name his name will be written in that book Philip, we're going to see a lot of Philips in there, but one of those Philips there is this Philip, and his name is written in the in the Lamb's Book of Life. And man, we got to care if people that we know, if their name is written or not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We got to share. We got to share. We got to listen. We got to obey like Philip, but we got to share like Philip to the Ethiopian eunuch. There's people in our in our proximity that are like the Ethiopian eunuch that don't know Christ yet. We got to pray for them guys. We got to pray for them that they would be have a heart that's open, that's receptive, that they're ready to receive God's word. They're ready to receive the gospel. We got to pray that the soil of their hearts would be fertile soil that we would receive the seed of his word. And I want you to know this guys. Some things will not happen unless you put in the mileage of prayer. Some things won't happen unless you put in the mileage of prayer. Some people will not come to faith unless you put in the mileage of prayer. It's not all dependent on your prayer, but God uses your prayer. It's supposed to all happen together. God's grace makes salvation available. It's their faith responding to God's grace that gives them salvation. But there's something that connects it all that God uses, and that's our prayers. That's our that's our prayers for the lost, those in our lives that really need God. And we got to pray. We got to be diligent to pray. Sometimes when my alarm goes off in the morning and it's time to wake up, 
sometimes I just lie in bed. I don't get up. And it's not, sometimes I don't get up because I want to sleep a little bit more. But sometimes I don't get up because I want to pray. First, I don't want social media to be in my mind. I don't want my work to be in my mind. I don't want my family duties to be in my mind or chores or anything like that. I just want clear mind and I just stay there and I start pleading with God and praying with God, Lord, Lord, make yourself known to this person. Open up their minds. Open up their hearts. Lord, give them salvation, God. Bring them in. Make them open. Create an opportunity for me. Create an opportunity for someone else to share with them, to plant a seed, to water a seed. And I pray for that person. I might pray for another person. Guys, we need to pray more. We need to pray more for the Ethiopians in our lives. And those Ethiopians in our lives, and I don't mean literally an Ethiopian, but those people in our lives that are like the Ethiopian eunuch, God's going to use the power of one in their lives and He's going to use them to bring the gospel to someone else. That's why what you do is so important. That's why when you have the baton, you need to pass on the baton so that baton gets passed on to someone else and that someone else will pass on that baton of the gospel to someone else. That's the power of one. That's the power of another one to the power of another one. And lastly, as I close here, the third thing, the power of one is you and it's I. If you haven't connected the dots already, today is about you. Today is about you and what God wants to do with you and through you. God is waking us up. You know, I just came before the service, um, like we did a lot of our preparations um, that we needed to for today a little earlier. And then I went and I just watched one of Lucas's soccer games and uh, at a tournament just a few minutes away from our house. And the first half of the game, maybe way more than the first half, maybe three quarters of the game, it was sleepy. It was There's hardly anything happening. It was just, there's not like, it was way more sleepy than normal. And to me, that's like a picture of what it's like for a lot of us as Christians. It wasn't until the last quarter of the game that there was just way more action and things got competitive. It kind of woke everything, everyone up. The opponents shot the ball. It hit the crossbar at the top. It bounced on the ground and woke everyone up and it got way more competitive. Later on, they scored on a free kick and we already had one point, so at that point it was 1-1. I had to leave like soon after that, but it was getting competitive. Everyone started waking up and getting more competitive. And then... um. During the beginning of the service, Lil told me that the the score was something like three two, um, so there was like there was three points that were scored after I left, and there's only a few minutes to play after I left. I just had to come back and get ready, and I think God, what God wants to remind us of right now at this moment is that we gotta wake up, guys. We gotta wake up. We gotta wake up. God is waking us up, reminding us that we have a mission. That God, that the the baton has been passed to us, the baton of the gospel, and we're meant to go and take that and to pass it on to someone else, to share that with other people. And there's something so powerful about that because it's the power of one person when they listen to God, when they obey the Spirit of God, and when that baton gets passed to someone else who does the same thing. When they're receptive, they receive it, and they run and they tell someone else and they pass that baton on. But there's something even more powerful about that in that when it's not just one person, 
this, the power of one and the power of one other and the power of one other and the power of one other. And we're all doing it simultaneously at the same time as a community. It's the power of God working through our community as we're receptive to him and what he's trying to tell us. It's the power of one plus the power of one plus the power of one. And it goes on and on and on as God works through you and God works through me. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're rich, if you're poor, or you're somewhere in between. It doesn't matter if you're in this area of the world or this area of the world. There's always people around us and there's always the God of the universe. There's always the Spirit of God that's directing us and we just got to hear. If you're thinking... Man, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard anything from God that he wants me to share the gospel. Well, wake up. Wake up and listen to God. Get out of the normal sleepy routine. While you're in your routine, listen to God. God, who do you want, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to share the gospel with? Who do you want me to love on? Who do you want me to care for? Could it be that the Holy Spirit has been communicating, but we've been ignoring it? We haven't been paying attention. Could it be? Could it be, do you think it's actually possible that the, that the Holy Spirit is silent and not telling us to share the gospel? Not, he's not leading us to do that? Has God stopped loving the world, the world that he loved and gave his only begotten son? Has God stopped loving the world? Has the Holy Spirit stopped leading us to share the gospel? The answer is no, absolutely not. God has not stopped. He is active and he wants us. He's communicating to you, to me right now in this season, our community, our world. We're not the only ones in this world that God is saying this to, but God is waking us up. He's taking us by the shoulders. Wake up, wake up, wake up. There's a world that needs saving. There's a world that needs loving. There's a world that needs the gospel. There's a world that needs the love of God. And God's love is meant to come through you and through I. We are ambassadors of Jesus. And it's time that we start seeing ourselves as one. Jesus ambassadors. Christ ambassadors. And so as I close, I want to challenge you to take the word of God seriously. As you think about the life of Philip, what happened with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, as you think about Philip, as you think about this eunuch, think about, write your name in your mind. Write your name there. Think about yourself. Think about how God wants to use you in this season. And so I close. Heavenly Father, thank you for this message. Thank you for the power of one. Thank you for the power of the one working through the one of me, through I, in I. God, you are powerful. And we pray, Lord, that you give us spiritual kick in the butt. Get us on the field. Get us, give us a wake-up call so that we'll get up on the field and we'll get into the game. Help us to see the opportunities all around us to share the gospel, to love on people, to share what we know. We don't need to know everything. If we look at Philip, he just shared a small thing, and that person was ready. He was ready to go. Help us to see the people 
that are ready for all around us, God. People we know already and people we don't know. Thank you for this message. Thank you for speaking to us. May we live this, this word out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Man.